Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Hotel here in Duluth. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. All businesses have security concerns, though not all of them are about physical security, and we'll touch on some of that. We're going to focus on all aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today is Lisa Winton. I'm glad to have her here. She's CEO of Winton Machine Company. Uh, I know a lot of people may not really know what they do. We're going to get into that and give them some ideas. But Lisa, let's start off with um, welcome to the show. And let's tell me a little bit about Lisa Winton, where you, how you got to where you are, how you came to be associated and own Winton Company. You know, go from there. Just tell me about yourself. So, Rick, thank you so much for having me on the show, and um, it's really a pleasure to be here and, and talk to you about our company um, and manufacturing in general. So, I did not start my career in manufacturing. I graduated from the University of Florida, go Gators, and um, from there I came to Atlanta and I worked for Toys R Us in their management training program and worked for other large retailers, Macy's and Upton's, if anyone remembers Upton's. Oh, yeah. And um, so I continued my career. I was in buying and I was in store planning, and um, which really entailed more financial, the financial side of the business. And from there, I watched um, my company's close, and I had a wonderful opportunity arise. So my husband, um, my life and business partner, George, he is an engineer by degree. So I have the business background. He has the engineering background. And he worked for a couple of different manufacturers here in the Atlanta area. And one day, uh, he had made some hand benders, some hand tube benders for their manufacturing floor and decided that this would be a great an idea for a product. And we put an ad in a magazine, the back of a magazine, just to see what would happen. And then from there, he wrote an article. And one night, I think it was like 10 o'clock at night, he got a call. We don't even know how they got our number. And it was a company in Macon, Georgia. And they had asked if we could make a machine that could bend tubing for their bicycles. And we didn't have anything but a screwdriver and a wrench. And we said, sure, we can make a machine. So time progressed. We ended up, uh, George had a background in machining. He actually was a machinist before he went to college to become an engineer. And so we built a machine shop in our basement. And our basement became a machine shop. Our garage became an assembly plant. Uh, We did software there. Upstairs was an office. And from there, we grew 20 years ago, and we're in our fifth facility now. Wow, that that's quite a quite a, in, in, typical story of a of an entrepreneur. You know, it starts in your home in your basement at your dinner table, like we did. Uh, the office is a little desk in there, and everything just kind of starts there, rolls out. And what's the size of your f- current facility that you're in? So we're in a 13,000 square foot facility right wow. now, and um, we're looking to hopefully grow in the next year or two years into a larger facility. We're kind of busting at the seams right now. We have about 33 employees um, plus interns, and we utilize 
up to 10 machine shops at any given time, depending on our workload, as well as 185 vendors in the local area. So there, um, our, our company has a big economic impact in the area. Well, what kind of companies does your, do you deal with as far as your, your clients? What type of clients do you have? So our clients are all over the world, and uh, we're very dependent on that. Uh, the resurgence of American manufacturing has been very positive for us, as has tax reform. And we, our, our customers could be a job shop. They could be a large manufacturer like GE Appliances in Louisville, Kentucky. They have four, um, actually five machines on their floor that have been there since they started making one of their French door refrigerators here in the U.S. on Appliance Park. It could be Jet Propulsion Laboratory, where our machines are used to make fabricated metal parts for the Mars rover. It could be in Israel, where we have a vendor, a customer there, that actually makes semi-rigid coax cable assemblies for the Iron Dome, which is a missile defense system. So our clients and our customers are all over, whether they be HVAC manufacturers, refrigeration manufacturers, they make golf carts or boats, anyone that has small diameter tubing and they need to fabricate that tubing. Wow. What's one of your most important industry concerns as a manufacturer? Workforce development. Um, You hear a lot if you're in the manufacturing industry right now, uh, you're hearing a lot that Blue collar is a new collar, and there was a time period probably of about 10 years, a decade, where we had young folks that were not going into industries that support manufacturing, and our technical programs in our high schools went away, and the technical colleges weren't as strong, and so now we're playing catch-up. And so our workforce is older, you know, and but that's great because they're experienced, but we also need that young workforce behind them because when they retire, we're in jeopardy of not having the working folks that need to be in place in order to build our machines. And we talked about this on the show before that, you know, you have the educational program like here in Gwinnett County that has focused a lot. There are a lot of people that don't go for a four-year degree. That's just not what they need to be doing. And it's just not the right fit for them. And there's a lot of uh, technical schools, Gwinnett Tech for one, and some of the high schools are doing fantastic with regards to preparing people to get into that line and give them a trade and, and I guess training them basically to come into work for you, people like you in manufacturing, logistics, and then having these older people, which I think is great. We, we, I prefer the older people as well. They, they have a tendency to be more stable. They thought process is mature. I mean, it's great to have people that are looking for second and third careers, as you and I talked about earlier, but they can also mentor and train these young people into the finer techniques and fine-tuning their expertise. That's so critical, Rick. I mean, we talk about that a lot at Winton Machine. We work with local high schools. I'm on the STEM advisory board at Collins Hill High School. We work, we're working with Maxwell High School now. We just hired our first graduate That's from Maxwell. School. We actually hired, believe it or not, somebody from their HVAC program because that program really teaches the kids about wiring and electrical schematics and that's something that's really critical for what we do is you know we do electrical mechanical software there's so much that goes into building a machine and it starts with your engineers of course designing your products and so you need various types of engineers but it also involves your tool and die makers your machinists and our machinists are really skilled and you know there a lot of them are older and we really need to be bringing in those younger machinists 
machinist to learn and and learn the trade and become strong you need you know you need strong math skills you know there's things that you need from school that are critical but Unfortunately, machinist programs, Linear Tech has a machinist program, but there's right. not that many around the area anymore. And so it's really up to the manufacturers to work with these students that are willing to learn and to teach them. And then it's critical that those folks, those experienced tool and die makers are willing to mentor those kids. And do you need people with, that have developed some good work ethic? Uh, they come in, they believe that, you know, coming in here to do not just to get a paycheck, but to actually learn a a trade, a profession, and look at yourself as a professional. Yes, you know, that's so, so interesting because I just recently had some HVACA work done in my house, and I was talking to one of the technicians, and he works a lot with Gwinnett Tech, and he was talking about the programs there, and from a technical perspective, they're very good. And he was talking about, we were talking about the soft skills, and these young kids understanding and knowing that you can't come in at the top of a pay scale, that you you come in and you really don't bring, even though you have some training from school and some knowledge and some knowledge you don't really come in as an expert and you're working with people who've been in the field for a long time and uh, and do have that expertise and you have to be willing to absorb and learn and know where you are in in that scheme know that you have so much more to learn and that you will get to that point on a pay grade but also know that you have to put the work in and that you can't show up at 10 o'clock and leave at four o'clock and you have to be there to get the job done and so those are the things that i think that we're struggling with right now and i think that it's something that the schools are starting to learn and they're starting to help us with and it's just so critical that from the schooling perspective um, home parents are teaching that as well as the employers, that we're putting those things in place that are really, you know, reinforcing the fact that these kids need to abide by that work ethic. Well, it seems to me like schools, and you mentioned Maxwell, which is a perfect example of it, um, they go through and they, they help to teach the kids these soft skills so that they, they learn to understand that they don't know everything when they go in. And I think it all boils down on the willingness to learn and accepting the fact that you're just not you haven't got all the answers. And a lot of them think they got all the answers. Yes, I, I was gonna say, I know I don't have all the answers. Absolutely. And I know that every day I learn more and more and the people around me are constantly teaching me. And I think that when you're young, sometimes you don't always understand that. And I think Maxwell has done a really outstanding job. They're administration, their teachers, you know, their educators are people who've come from the workforce. And so that's also a challenge is to get people from the workforce to come back and become educators so that these kids can get that technical knowledge. Absolutely. I, I always tell people if you don't, if I haven't learned something today, I wouldn't pay any attention. So, um, what's been one of your most memorable company highlights? We'll kind of switch tracks here. So, you know, we talked about we started in a basement. So there's like um, that funny thing is from basement to the White House. So recently we were honored to have been chosen as part of the Made in America showcase at the White House. We were chosen to represent Georgia. And the product that we brought with us was a semi-rigid coax bender that bends semi-rigid coax cable. And we have a full line of equipment that bends, strips, cuts, forms, um, measures semi-rigid coax. And so I talked earlier about the Iron Dome in Israel and that our machine is there, one of our machines, to 
enable our customer to bend that semi-rigid coax and make those assemblies that go into the Iron Dome. So we brought that machine to the White House and we had an exhibit set up and it was just an amazing experience from start to finish. Well, that was one thing I wanted to get into was that amazing trip I saw you posting on Instagram and different places that, you know, you talk about security. Tell me a little bit about some of the security process that you had to go through. Then you're, they, know you're, they know who you are. They know you're coming. Everything's planned. But you still have to go through a very rigid security for a reason. Tell me about that. So it was very interesting because this is not a big part of what I do. So it was very interesting to watch from start to finish. So at the beginning, of course, you have to go through your background check and you have to send all this information and they do the checks to make sure that you're okay. And then we actually drove our machine up there. So we had to actually drive onto the property of the White House. So we had to send all of our information for our car. But then when we arrived to do setup and we came through the White House gates and the Secret Service met us. We had to move to one, you know, we had to park the car. We had to open our hood, open our doors, open our trunk. And we had to um, move away from the car. And then we had to get checked and scanned. And then the car and the dogs came and checked our car. And so it was so exciting because, you know, you're looking at all those people on the other side of the, of the White House gates that are looking like, who are those people, right? Like, what, have, what have they done? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, so what's going on? So, um after we were after we went through those checkpoints that everyone there was really wonderful and but you could tell it was so interesting because you can't see any security cameras right so it's not like when you go into a department store years ago and you think about how security has changed you know you so dramatically the on the roof. right you used to see all the security cameras and now everything's hidden from you so you don't even know it's there anymore and we didn't see one security camera or any sort at the entire um our entire trip to the White House. I mean, so it was so interesting. Now, White, you know, we definitely saw the Secret Service, um, and there were some that we didn't see. And uh, it was really interesting because when we were exhibiting, we were waiting for uh, uh, President Trump to come out, and he um, addressed us all, all the people that were there for the showcase. Um, afterward, we saw, you know, all the people, you know, coming out of the closets and all those people that you didn't see that are in full gear, right? And uh, have all of their armor on and, you know, their guns and everything else. And you just think about, like, how many layers of security there are. So, you know, there's the security that you see and the security that you don't see. Well, and in security work, that's what it's all about. It's, it's the full layered aspect of security. And that's probably one of the most perfect examples when you really when it's done right, like it is now, with a layered security system, because it's it's just you don't see a lot, but there's a whole lot there. Um, so that was a fantastic trip. Did you what did you learn on that trip? Well, it was it was interesting from a business perspective. So, you know, we were there with manufacturers that make all sorts of products. So there were people who make snowboards and there was other machinery manufacturers and lanterns and clothing and jeans and shoes and so many different products that people think are not made in the United States anymore. And so I think that it was really wonderful that they had that showcase to show um, all of the different products. I wish there was more press coverage of it. And I think that that was something that I really had a perspective of because we live in such a divisive um, environment right now politically and I think that something like made in America and manufacturing should 
be nonpartisan. Absolutely. And so I had we had the opportunity. We had um, members of the cabinet that came by. We had several congressmen that have come by. Um, you know, Congressman Woodall has been incredibly supportive of us, and he's come out to our facility twice, and he's met with our all the people that work at Winton, and he's actually had open forums on our manufacturing floor. And so he's been very, very supportive of manufacturing. And there were um, several congressmen who came and spoke um, to us. Uh, Vice President Pence spent probably a good 10 minutes at our booth. And I talked to him actually a lot about Gwinnett County. So I had Great. the opportunity to talk to the director of the Small Business Administration, Vice President Pence, and some folks from the Commerce Department about what we're doing in Gwinnett County, about our technical high schools. I talked to them about Maxwell. I talked to them about our technical college system. I talked to them about apprenticeship programs and what the people are doing around here to help with workforce development, because it is a hot topic in D.C. And I felt like people were really listening to us, and that was, uh, that was a great feeling. Well, yeah, and we can use all the promotion here in Gwinnett County we can get because there is so much going on in Gwinnett County that a lot of people don't really realize that this is a fantastic place, although they're realizing it more and more because more and more uh, the large corporations are starting their headquarters here. Um, as far as uh, local impact on, on local communities, what would you say that your company's local economic impact is, and why is manufacturing important to our economic well-being? So manufacturing, when you think about a product that's manufactured, think about all the things that go into that product. So all the parts and pieces. So we build a, a big machine, and inside that machine, you know, there's hundreds of components. And so a lot of those components are purchased. So we're purchasing them from a variety of different companies. And so all of those companies are impacted. We're making parts for our machines in-house. So those are direct employees that are making those parts, like we talked about machinists. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes if we're busy, we're sending that out. So we're, we're impacting other machine shops in the area. We, we need sheet metal. So we use sheet metal men, you know, manufacturers in the area that make sheet metal. And we use people that paint our um, machines for us. And you know, there's so many different aspects when we make our machine. And we have electrical. We're making, you know, buying electrical components. We have electrical people, software. We use consultants that come in and do our software for us that work directly with Winton Machine. You know, there's just so many different things that go into making a machine that have such a direct economic impact. Then, you know, you think about all the service providers, right? So I use somebody for marketing. I use somebody, so they may not be part of that direct employee of 33, but I'm using consultants. I'm using a business coach. I'm using advertising people. I'm advertising in publications. I'm going to trade shows, the impact that goes into all those trade shows and the people that I use to help me with trade shows. I mean, there's just so many different aspects. I use a CPA, right? I use an attorney. So it's like a big spider web. It's a huge spider web. And so when you when people are talking about how important manufacturing is to our economic well-being of our country, I mean, it's I don't think unlimited. people always understand the unlimited resources that are needed and how many jobs are created as a result of manufacturing. Well, that is that's awesome. I mean, you know, with, with all of that going on and all the different parts and all the different the things that you're in and everything, you know, security, uh, interior security is going to be a big thing to use, such as uh, non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, uh, just be people in having the ability to come in and do this, but they have to have that certain element of keeping things under the, under the you know, 
under wraps. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we, we often sign NDAs. Um, and a lot of times we help when um, companies are first developing a product. And then also when they are, you know, doing some sort of research and development or different things. And so it's important for them that their product, whatever we're making for them on that particular machine, that that's not shared. So we may be able to share like the machine as a general, but we can never show the bent tubular parts that are made for that particular manufacturer. And an interesting thing about security is a number of years, well, it's probably about two years ago, Apple approached us to make parts for them. And so before we could actually even quote, we had to sign that NDA, but that NDA came with a lot of stipulations and it was uh, like probably 20 pages of wow. stipulations. And for a very small manufacturer like us reading through that from a security standpoint, we'd have to put a lot of security in place in order to even quote, even request the information to quote. So sometimes there could be barriers as a result of that security. Yeah, sometimes you just have to know when to say no. Correct. Yeah, thank you very much, but I don't think so. Yeah, we've been there too. Um, what are some of the most unique products that Winton Machines has, have, has helped to make over the years? So the majority of what we do is we have from ground up. So we have over 500 different products and we've designed and built all of our products and we have all our own IP and all our software is um, Winton Machine owned and designed. So in addition to that, we've helped some entrepreneurs over the years develop products. And one really interesting product that we um, helped with about, I'd say, a year and a half ago, we were approached is called Allcore 360. And it's a really neat machine. It's like, can you imagine yourself doing a 360-degree plank? And so you have so many muscles in your core that are so critical to your well-being. And this company, the inventor, um, Dr. Scott, who had invented the product about 30 years ago, had gone through a lot of different versions of the product. And he actually had one at Shepherd Spinal Center in Atlanta. And so when they came to us, they were looking for a more manufacturable product. So we were able to repackage the machine, make it a little sleeker, and we did redid this, some of the software and electronics on the machine and the, basically the mechanical look of the machine so they could fit into a chiropractor's office, into a small space. And so we um, shipped uh, probably about 35 of those machines uh, and they're working with another manufacturer as well that's, that's building those products for them. So that has been very successful down at Shepherd, and there are some wonderful testimonials about the machine. So it's great for somebody from an elite athlete all the way to a paraplegic. And it's just a, it's just a fabulous machine that you spend 10 minutes working out on, and in that 10 minutes, you get a full core workout. Wow, that's just amazing. Yeah, there's, and you have the opportunity and in in your stuff of coming up into, I mean, it's all about ideas. Whatever somebody can dream up and think about, generally there's some way, if it's, if it's mechanical, that it can be made. Yes. So Dr. Bertrand, um, Scott Bertrand, he, when he invented this product, he had broken his own back. And, you know, he was a chiropractor and he was thinking of, you know, that's what, how ideas come about, right? He's thinking about how can I make, you know, how can I, how can I help my, better. how can I make myself feel better? How can I make my patients feel better? How can I help, how can I help people, right? How can I solve a problem? And that's um, exactly what Winton Machine does. We build machines, but we solve problems. 
So, you know, so many businesses, right? That's, that's what Paradigm does. You solve yep. problems for people. So when we work with whoever the company is, our customers anywhere in the world, we want to know what their problem is and how we can solve that problem. And that's, the two, that's, that's where it all starts is, you know, what are your issues? Let's sit down and talk about the best way that we can put together a solution and work as partners in this thing, uh, not as a client, but as a partner. Correct. And that's what the way, if you look at it that way, it's a win-win for everybody because you're looking to, to make it a successful partnership. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, what are some of the state and county resources that you've used to help you grow your company? So it's so funny. We're talking about how your company starts in your garage or it starts in yep. your basement. And uh, taking us back in time 20 years ago, the resources that are available today were definitely not available 20 years ago. So we started with VHS tapes, you know, from the library, right? Absolutely. Watching them and, you know, you're using credit cards and using everything you can to finance. And then over time, so we worked with the SBDC, which is a small business development center right here in Gwinnett County. And uh, Daryl Halsey was our advisor then, is still our advisor today. We've been working with him for 20 years. Uh, as we've expanded, he's expanded with his roles and responsibilities there. And um, so they have been an amazing resource. And anyone I would say that has a small business or is thinking about starting a small business, I would definitely look at their resources and their classes. As we've grown and as we've tried to um, expand internationally, we've worked a lot with the Department of Commerce and we've worked with the Economic De um, Development in Atlanta. We've worked with the Metro Chamber. We were lucky enough to get one of their grants last year. Um, we were a finalist in their grant competition. We have utilized, um, you know, I utilize business coach. I utilize, I belong to business groups and, um, you know, working with my counterparts and other business owners, you just learn so much from one another. You know, that's just amazing. Um, other government resources um, that we've utilized have all pretty much been through the state of Georgia and their economic development department. And then through Gwinnett County, the the Gwinnett Chamber has Partnership Gwinnett, which is a great organization for Excellent. manufacturers and logistics people. And so I think there's a lot of resources in the state of Georgia that other states do not have. And you've been through Leadership Gwinnett. I have. Yeah. I'm a graduate of Leadership Gwinnett. And an alumni. So, the, you know, I think, in fact, uh, if I remember right, we went through the same class. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, there's so many, like you said, there's so many positive resources that are available, especially if you want to start a small business. I mean, it's all about taking those ideas, moving them forward, and somebody is out there that would like to see you be successful. And in Gwinnett County, fortunately, we have a lot of people that would like you to be successful. So that it's, works out fantastic. Well, with over 20 years in business, what's really been your strategy to keep growing and keep expanding? So it's, uh, they always say have great people on the bench, right? Yep. So um, it's um, finding great resources internally and externally and I think that surrounding yourself by people who are smarter than you you know um, <laughs> not hard for me yeah so we're, we're fortunate um, we've got some great um, folks that work at Winton Machine you know one of our core values is family first and it's just so important that uh, that everyone that we hire buys into our core values and culture we just really important. culture is so important you know it's just um you know, I just adore, you know, our employees and I like to know about their families. And um, it's just so important to me to surround myself by people who really have the same feelings of family that 
that we do. So you're not a CEO that's going to sit there in their office, close the door, and work on uh, different projects or computers. You like to get out and meet the people, talk to the people, find out what's going on, and learn more about them personally. Yes, I probably need to close my door more, and I probably need to do more of that close door work for yeah, sure. <laughs> another feeling. <laughs> it helps to get then. Well, um, this. Yeah, and I ahead. would say that um, you know we're looking to expand, and a lot of that comes with you know I'm always looking for great resources and advice, um, and how to do that. And I think that you know um, we continue to make really good hires, and I think those folks. Um, are great resources for us to enable us and set us up for the future. Well, it looks like the way things have gone and the development, you know, like us, start where your start was in the house, in the basement. And, I mean, it's just amazing, the entrepreneurship that's involved and just the good common sense that a lot of times it takes to be successful, not to mention all the hard work. Sounds like you're on track to really do some growing, some more growing for this year. And I'm, it's exciting time right now. I'm also thankful for tax reform. So Absolutely. I have had a lot of conversations with people who don't really understand tax reform because if it doesn't come out of your own personal paycheck um, and you're not seeing those dollars coming home, you don't really understand the economic impact. I don't think I really did either until I really started operating a business and trying to grow it. And so as a small manufacturer, I'm very dependent on those larger manufacturers. And those tax reform and, and the positive changes that have happened with regulations, I mean, people don't understand the number of regulations that an actual manufacturer has to abide by. And it's really impossible, especially for a small manufacturer. So I think just being able to streamline those regulations and the changes to tax reform has been incredibly positive for us for growth this year. We've added new jobs. We've bought new equipment. Um, and that growth is definitely attributable to tax reform. Well, all of that comes back to help the person that has the money to go in their pocket. Correct. And the employment, I mean, it's great to have a job. It's great to have a good job. And as the economy grows like it's doing right now, it helps all of us small businesses. It's fantastic. Well, I appreciate so much you coming on here. Uh, you've got, I know we could probably talk for another half hour because there's a lot of information but if somebody wanted to reach out, get a hold of you, or maybe talk to you about a job, or maybe one of these young people who just talk to you about business, um, or even be becoming a client or something, how would they go about getting a hold of Lisa Winton or Winton Mechanics? So it's Winton Machine Company. It's www.wintonmachine.com, uh, singular. And um, you can reach out to me via LinkedIn. Um, you can also reach out, um, just give us a call at 770-831-1917. Um, and I'm always up for talking to people who are starting businesses if I can help at all. And you can learn from my mistakes, which I've made many of. Um, and uh, I am involved with the EC Angels at KSU and some other entrepreneurial um, organizations that help women entrepreneurs specifically. Um, and also, um, I'm involved with the STEM programs like we talked about. So whether you're a uh, young adult or you're someone looking to change careers, um, we're definitely always looking for strong people in electrical assembly and um, machinists, skilled machinists. Definitely give us a call. We would love to hear from you. Well, I think it's fantastic. And that's Lisa Winton with Winton Machine Company. <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about it earlier. It just kind of stuck in my brain. 
Well, I want to thank you all for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. Join us next week when we're back here again, and we'll have something new for you in the, in the realms of security. Thanks again to my guest, Lisa Winton, and for our producers, Mike and Trey. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than your assets. <laughs>